Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are just over one week away from one of the biggest events of the off-season NFL calendar. That is the NFL draft, which will be taking place in Kansas City. The Sky Sports coverage here will be uh, broadcasted live via NFL Network throughout the course of the three days. And one man who's going to be heavily involved in all that action, our NFL Network insider, third time on the Irish NFL show, Ian Rappaport, you're very welcome back. What's going on, guys? How are you? We're good. good. Yeah, good. Uh, all, all, all well in, in Dublin. And um, look, I, I suppose we, we have to start with the, the news that um, you kind of revealed to the, the world earlier today that the 49ers were, were fielding calls for Trey Lance, not making them, but fielding them. And I suppose, you know, we're reminded that, you know, last year on draft night, uh, we saw A.J. Brown get traded. We saw Hollywood Brown get traded. Um, obviously, a week to go at, at this point. Um, even, and I, I know the Brock Purdy injury situation is there, but with Sam Darnold in situ, if they were to get the, the right offer, could we see something happen on draft night in? Yeah, I mean, it feels less likely that we'd see something on draft night, mainly because, you know, if you're the 49ers, like, let's say, let's say you do trade Trey Lance. Well, it arises, it, it brings up two questions. One, a lot of teams go into training camp with three quarterbacks. Do they draft one? And if they don't have one, do other teams say, all right, well, they definitely have to draft one. So we're going to trade over them. Like, does it affect their draft position? That's one. The other thing is, do they know for sure that Brock Purdy is going to be ready? If Brock Purdy might not be ready, then they really can trade Trey Lance because, you know, probably he'd be their backup, but maybe he plays well enough to be their starter. There certainly is a possibility there. So I would be surprised if they do anything before they know for 100% sure, is Brock Purdy going to be back on the field on time? In uh, over the course of the last week, the Texans have kind of moved away, distanced themselves from potentially taking quarterback, the general consensus are not 100% bought into taking a quarterback at number two, because I suppose with the news that Bryce Young is likely now to be the number one pick. Um, is, it, is it kind of a, are they playing a game in terms of trying to get someone potentially to move up because they're potentially comfortable with Anthony Richardson if they were to move down a couple of slots and try stockpile, or do you just feel that D'Amico Ryan's been the defensive mind that he is coming from the Niners, that he would be comfortable taking someone the likes of Will Anderson, or potentially even Jalen Carter, if they're still comfortable with that player? Well, it is interesting because, you know, I've heard the rumors too. A lot of people around the league, coaches, general managers, evaluators, think the Texans are not going to take a quarterback in number two. I just can't figure out where that comes from. I really can't. Like, you know, I know they took a hard look at all the quarterbacks. It does sound like C.J. Stroud is someone they like. Um, the Texans are not generally a leaky organization. They're not generally someone who... You know, you know their plans before they happen. Nick Casario, you know, former member of the Patriots organization, is, you know, keeps his cards close to the vest and really doesn't talk to a lot of people about his plans. 
So where's all this coming from? And are we to believe that one of the more secretive organizations has just draft plans out for everyone to know? Like, it really makes me wonder, like, what actually is going on here? Um, you know, it's possible that they don't take a quarterback. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we need to figure out where this information is coming from and how reliable it actually is. Because I still do think there's a, a chance or maybe even a good possibility that it's quarterback at number two. In one of the big, big uh, spenders in free agency were the Denver Broncos. And I saw a stat earlier today that between George Payton and Sean Payton, they have made 32 draft day trades. Uh, George obviously tends to like to acquire picks. Sean very often tends to move up the board. Any idea what the Broncos might get up to next week? Well, it's tough because they don't have, you know, they don't have a first round pick. They don't have early picks. And they need a build. So that's why when you heard, you know, people discuss, well, maybe, uh, you know, Corland Sutton could be traded. Maybe Jerry Judy could be traded. You heard all of these things. <laughs> Excuse me. A lot of reason why was they need picks. They have not been able to move or unload anyone. We'll see next week if they get closer to doing that. Um, you know, otherwise, I, I think, you know, probably more like you'd see them trade back just to acquire more picks and trying to build out this roster in as, as efficient but also as cheap a way as possible. Uh, Ian Drew, Rosenhaus uh, has been quite um, adamant over the course of the last week that, you know, don't come calling if, if you're outside of the top 10 because Jalen Carter is 100% going in, in the top 10. and He wouldn't be sending him into the green room next week unless he had assurances from certain teams that they will pick him. Are you convinced that he's definitely going top 10? You're going to get the sense that like, I know he's visiting the Falcons today. Is that the cutoff at the A point, potentially? Uh, I don't know about that, but I do believe, not just based on what Drew Rosenau said, but based on the information I've gotten, uh, I do believe that Jalen Carter will go in the top 10. I do believe that is accurate. We'll see who ends up taking him, but he's got plenty of backstops because he's such a good player. Seattle could take him at five. Detroit could take him after that. Um, the Falcons could take him, right? The Raiders... You know, I could see taking him as well. They're at seven. Um, the Bears have spent a lot of time on him, real lot of time on him. Um, the Eagles, I mean, they have an embarrassment of riches, but, you know, it took a defensive lineman last year, but maybe they say, we're just going to make sure that position is an absolute strength that we're going to get the most talented player in the draft at 10. I mean, there's a lot of landing spots in the top 10, certainly more than enough for him. Even though he's got the off-the-field issues, I do believe that you will see him likely go in the top 10. In obviously, one of the big stories over the past couple of days been that Jalen Hurts uh, contract. Mm -hmm. The piece I'm interested in is, is maybe around uh, Howie. And the we, we constantly talk about the evolution of the game, the evolution of the quarterback position. Are we, do we need to start talking about the evolution of the, the general manager position and, and maybe how Howie and Omar Khan with the, with the Steelers, guys who come from maybe not the traditional scouting background, um, it, it, it feels like, you know, Howie is out there every year. They're making moves and, you know, it he's built two great sides now. Yeah, I mean, there's two big things for a general manager. You know, one is obviously you have to be good at talent evaluation and talent procurement which you can do yourself, or you can employ the best personnel staff you possibly can. The other part of it is you have to run the business of the football team. 
You are the general manager of the football team. You manage the football team. And that's obviously how he rose in the specialty. He's great at trades. He's great at contracts. They do a lot of good, smart contracts really early to save them money in the long term. You know, I've never understood why the GM had to be like the head scout. It should be like the top person to run this business and hire other people who are really good and smart. That does seem to be the way the Eagles have done it. And like, you know, they've won a Super Bowl. They've been to a Super Bowl. I think they have a pretty good track record. And, you know, it does make you think maybe more people should be following their lead. In a couple of years ago, the Rams obviously won the Super Bowl. And for the year or two leading up to that, they seem to be all in in terms of trying to make trades, get the players in to supposed to put themselves in that position to finally win the Lombardi but things have unraveled very quickly probably not at the extent in which fans and people would have thought in terms of how quickly things have changed and Alan Robinson trade yesterday for example like just to save essentially save five million nothing really in return in terms of picks and we saw Jalen Ramsey go to get him off the cap is there more players to come to like a bigger name potentially you know there's Lyle Tucker and Matthew Stafford not necessarily saying they're going to get moved on but it's it's a precarious time for Rams fans it is, and I think, you know, the <laughs> the Allen Robinson deal was a cautionary tale. You know, he was not in the original plans in free agency. They had some money to spend. He was available, and they ended up doing, you know, a really big contract for him that was one of the worst contracts they've done. And, you know, they are having, a, a, obviously, a reset now organizationally. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't get the sense there's a lot more to come. They've, they've dumped everything they can. They don't have a lot of players on the roster. They really don't. Um, you know, they, they're they going to end up saving some money and resetting a little bit. Um, and, you know, they won a Super Bowl, so it's all worth it. Definitely, definitely worth it. But it really does make you kind of think again about going all in, putting all your chips in the middle, signing everyone, trading for everyone, paying everyone. There is a second part of that, which is you have to kind of collect yourself and get your feet under you. And that process is not always that enjoyable. Ian, we saw uh, Von Miller mention today that there might be, uh, he's heard murmurings of a potential mega move uh, in, in the offing. Um, are, are you hearing anything like that? Well, I mean, I assume he means DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he's spoken publicly about, he's heard DeAndre Hopkins wants to go to the Bills. Uh, Hopkins was posted on Instagram uh, of him singing Buffalo Soldier, the great Bob Marley song. Um you know, is it possible? I guess it's possible. There's a lot that has to be worked out for that trade to even be a consideration. There's the compensation. There's the DeAndre Hopkins contract adjustment. I do believe there would, you know, have to be an adjustment. How much of an adjustment would he be willing to do? I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., certainly comparable, signed for $15 million. That should probably be the price for DeAndre Hopkins. Are they willing to give that to him? Like, there's there's a lot more questions than answers, and I don't know that anything is imminent, but that's my guess is that's kind of who is insinuating. And last year we saw the Lions jump from 22 up to 12, I believe, in the first round to take the wide receiver. And we've seen over the course of the last few months the Panthers have moved up to one. We've seen in previous years where teams make big jumps to you foresee. Not actually to give us any particular team, but do you foresee a team making a big jump on the night of the draft? Is there a sense that something big is happening? Yeah, I mean, this would be, you know, one of the one of the drafts you might see some big moves because there seems to be, you know, a group of premium, premium players and then maybe a lot of players in the middle, like a lot of players from like, you know, 12 to 45 are all similar. 
but those top guys are really strong. So, you know, when there's just like a clump of guys who are head and shoulders above everyone else, sometimes you get a lot of trades. Sometimes you get teams saying, this is the only premium player I could get. I'm going to trade up for him, and I'm not worried about anything else. So I do think this is a draft where you could get some big-time trades. It's a little early before we know like who that actually is, but I do think you could see it. With the Hurts deal now being done, obviously, look, all eyes turn to Burrow and to Herbert. When do you get any sense of, like, are when those deals, are they much more likely to, to be later in, in, in the summer if they are to, to get done in? Yeah, I have a hard time imagining Joe Burrow is going to go quick. I mean, his agent, Brian Aroll, always takes his time, is always one of the last people to do a deal, always takes it right to the edge. I would expect that to be similar. And I don't get the sense that Chargers and Justin Herbert are really off the ground either. So, you know, there was the Jalen Hurts deal. It was a good deal. It was a smart deal. I think there was wins on both sides. But it might be the only QB deal we see for a while, which is okay. There's really not a deadline. It's really training camp a lot of times where these things end up happening. Ian, last week, uh, Buddha Baker announced publicly that he wanted to trade from the cards Um do you see it as a strategic move to try to get a trade this side of the, the draft, or do you think this was this is one that could rumble into the, the summer leading into training camp? Yeah, I think it'll linger, because I don't get the sense the Cardinals want to trade Buda Baker at all. I mean, he is one of the, you know, linchpins of their defense. He's one of the rocks of their locker room. He's a great player. He's a good person. He wants more money, and I think it's been hard. You know, it's it's been hard. Like, being a member of the Cardinals organization is challenging. They've been through a lot. There's a lot of battle lines. They have a new coach. They have a new GM. They lost last year. Buda Baker's done everything right. So I get his frustration. You know, it's really on Jonathan Gannon, the new coach, to kind of win him over and be like, you know, I'm going to make sure that you are on my side and we're going to do everything the right way. That has not happened yet, but I imagine that is in progress because, you know, if you're the Cardinals, you want to keep really good players. That is what you want to do. You know, I have to ask you a separate question, not related to NFL. Um, Ireland is a, is a sport, is a country which loves horse racing, and uh, every year, a number of Irish horses come over for the Breeders' Cup. It's in Santa Anita this year. I know you've got a fondness now outside of the Mets. You've got a fondness for for horse racing now. Two horses. Are we going to see these two horses go against the Irish in uh, in November in the Breeders? Uh, that I don't know. I'm focusing one race at a time. Uh, Jace's Road, uh, which is one of our horses, um, is in the mix for the Kentucky Derby. We don't know for sure if he's going to get in there. We're in really fast with the Louisiana Derby. Um, so, you know, I am, and it's the same, you know, it's the same outfit that had Flightline a couple years back. Um, so I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, but after the Derby, I don't know. I'm just going to take it one race at a time and hope all goes well. Enjoyable experience so far, so far, I'd imagine. Uh, it's the best. I mean, it's horse racing is the best. I love it so much. And, you know, right after the draft, we go to the Kentucky Derby, and that's just fantastic. So I can't wait. Ian, we want to thank you for taking the time to join us. A pleasure, as always, to chat to you and wish you continued success uh, in, in your career and particularly over the next week, which we are sure will be very busy. Sure, it'll be crazy. Thank you, guys. Always fun talking to you guys.